uh, uh, you know, among Shakespeare, like on that level of um, importance for literary opinion? I mean, our opinion is written in the fabric of the universe. Okay, it's yeah, it's not something to be debated. This, yeah, I know. Uh... This is the top ten. <laughs> if, if you if you publicly disagree with this, what's going to happen is like time and space are going to switch places. Yes, <laughs> and yeah. we will be thunderfucked. <laughs> I mean, I wonder what what that would look like if you kind of inversed the the time and space. I don't, I don't even know. know how I don't even know if work, that's a but... concept, but but that's going to happen. Mm. It's going to happen. But I think I think that it is a concept because on the inside of a black hole, uh, the the axis of time and space are in like kind of switch place. So yeah, that's uh, that is a thing. It's 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 um it can't be anything good that's for sure so keep no. that in mind before you uh, publicly disagree with the list or jump into a black hole. Okay, yeah. uh, do you want to kick it off maybe or uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, so do we just like do one each, right? Uh, keep it going. You like can that? do the first introduction. Yeah. All right. All right. So number ten, Solasta. So. Yeah, mm, yeah. Solasta, another Dungeons and Dragons CRPG kind of thing. Yeah, um, and um, you know, it, it looks it looks pretty pretty fun. I, I think, um, especially because it focuses yeah. a lot on dice, it has the possibility for a lot of dank things to happen. Yeah, I think it's like a good, maybe a multiplayer kind of turn based game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, so, but you know, unfortunately, it's going to release into early access this fall, which uh, mm. it's going to be, you know, set opposite side of uh, Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> so I have a feeling that's going to hurt the sales quite a bit. Um, be overshadowed. Yeah, but it it looks fun, you know. Bit, yeah, it does look fun. It does look fun. The thing is, we we don't really know okay. too much about it, but it. Yeah. Or no, it it doesn't say that it has a multiplayer function, so I think that <laughs> oh. you can you can look over uh, somebody's shoulder playing it uh, <laughs> and enjoy it. Or you can hot fashion. seat it. Yeah, yeah, you can hot seat it as well. You can so hot that, you seat know, it. Yeah. yeah. Whenever it's your character's turn, you just like switch seats and you you just switch the mouse, you know. And remember, guys, this is the curriculum. This is the objective truth. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's the uh, only way to play. It's the absolute only way to play. Uh, Humid is certified. All right. Uh, yeah, but I think it, that's why it's like on the number 10 spot because it probably won't be groundbreaking. Yeah. Uh, and it probably will be overshadowed by Baldur's Gate 3, like you said. Yeah. Um, seeing us, you know, Baldur's Gate is a potential super heavy hitter by the developers of Divinity. Divinity was fucking right. amazing. And Baldur's Gate is of course Baldur's Gate so it's the same genre you know it's the same <laughs> everything is pretty similar here um except yeah. Baldur's Gate is a super heavy hitter so it's unfortunate I guess for Solasta but I'll definitely be picking it up at some point um you know down the line if the reviews are good of course yep okay the next number is nine number nine uh and um it's gonna be the the remake 
of the old city builder Pharaoh. I mean, did you play the the original? I used to watch my cousin play it a lot, and I played um, a related game, Caesar Three, which yeah. is pretty similar. And um, I, I didn't understand much of it because I was quite young. <laughs> no, <laughs> but <I'm... Yeah. laughs> that's like often the case with with these kind of old. This was 1999, I believe. Yeah, uh, which the really stage of the original Pharaoh. And uh, I mean, often the mechanics are quite complex. So since we were very young, I was a little bit older, though. But still, it was kind of hard to get a full grasp of it. Yeah. But it looks good. And I, I do love that these types of games get remakes because it's so rare that we get a kind of city builder, a pure city builder. Yeah. Um. So and it does look really good. The trailer looked like polished and nice and yeah and i i think with these fresh. kinds of remake you know it seems like um the mechanics if they brushed up the like brushed up the mechanics a little bit you know it's going to hold mm. up better than yeah you know other types of games such as like let's say platformers and stuff like that when you just when you remake them um mm. i have a feeling that this is still going to bring a level of depth and you know strategic entertainment it does have um i feel a small niche to fill mm -hmm. uh, this type of city, build, city builder game, which is not too prevalent these days. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, I don't think they, let's see here. Yeah, they, it will release in 2021. And yeah, you're going to have the campaign and free build. And just like the old game, you're, you're just going to build a city during the different kind of eras of Egypt. Mm -hmm. It's quite a long, has a long history. It says here more than 100 hours. You know, these types of games can drag on if you want them to. So yeah. I bet that probably people won't play, play it for 100 hours. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting to watch to, to see how mm. it unfolds. Number eight, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Now, yeah. I'm thinking this might be a potential entry point for me into Ratchet and Clank because I haven't... I grew up watching some of my friends play Ratchet and Clank, but I never had a PS2, so I never really got that experience myself. I just watched, and you know, mm, but yeah. um, with Rift Apart, it's like you know the new technology and all that. You know, the mechanics, the the rifts themselves. I feel like they create so much potential for creativity with how you know, mm. like you just you can bring in any types of enemies and just like be fully creative as, as much as you want and how they showcased it with the smooth transitions and like all the epic scale stuff that just keeps happening you know dinosaurs yeah. crashing into it and like giant robots and everything's just like torn to pieces basically what happens if you disagree with this list in public um <laughs> yeah so yeah i think uh, you're right on the head with this one I, it, the 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 technical aspect of the game just looks so polished it's incredibly smooth and the transitions with the rifts and stuff just blows it out of the water. Uh, and we, we saw the, the PS5 gameplay demo and we praised it then. And like, that's what I remember, you know, from that demo that it was so amazing. Um, and I think that speaks volumes. So just, just on that alone, uh, it gets the number eight spot. Uh, but I don't like you. I don't have a lot of experience with Ratchet and Clank. Just like 
watching some YouTube videos, yeah. watching my friends play. Not not really a seasoned player here, so uh, I feel that fans of the game probably are much more hyped. Oh yeah, and <laughs> if there are some some fans among your listeners, please let us know. Like, how do you feel about this? Because of course, uh, for us as outsiders, we can we can look at it from a sort of almost objective standpoint. But yeah. I'm looking like and, uh, we can tell that the quality is good here. But uh, you know, well, what do you guys think? And uh, yeah, yeah, what do you guys think? And it's number eight. So, but there's this uh, one. There's, there's this one thing about it that I want to say, like, because you you know how the weapons have always been like a staple thing about Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I, I maybe I'm I'm being a little bit of a small time psychopath here, but I feel like some of those weapons, sh- I, I feel like it's lacking a little bit of that splash, <laughs> that goo. You know what I mean? Mm. Because like he went around with that enforcer shotgun, and it looks like as if it should completely obliterate them, but then they just like kind of ragdoll because yeah. it's a kids' game. But but, uh... but you grew up with Doom. <laughs> yeah, I know. The thing is that they want to market this as a kids' game, and yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's like their main focus, uh, their main demographic. And they they do have guns, you know, and a lot of weapons, so. There's only so much parents will <laughs> accept. Yeah, know? I know, I know. It's just wishful <laughs> thinking. You fucking I mean... splatter like uh, some kind of alien creature into a million small bits and goo splashes everywhere. Well, I <laughs> mean, uh, if you if someone else out there feels like making um, an edgy Ratchet and Clank kind of game, please do and please let me know. Kind of like Conker's Bad Fur Day uh, yeah. mixed with Ratchet and Clank. That would be really cool. I think, Don't you so, think? Yeah. like <laughs> like uh, <laughs> an overly violent and uh, kind of sexualized Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> yeah, and really fucked up story too, with like a lot of you know edgy dark elements that are kind of like exaggerated mm. and and being ironic. I think that would be you know that could be pretty fun. Yeah, that would be that was actually <laughs> a good idea. Okay, um, number seven is. Little Nightmares 2. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is a highly stylized uh, sequel to Little Nightmares 1, of course. It's a puzzle platformer, uh, and it's like set in this horror uh, setting, which is really well done, I must say. I think that like, from, a, from, an art, from an art perspective, this was the best trailer we saw. By far. Um... It was so kind of the the aesthetic and all of the models and yeah i i guess it's kind of to be expected because this is their focus this is kind of one of the large aspects of the game yeah um Uh, did you play the first one no no i did not play the first one and uh this is not my kind of game let's (laughs) but (laughs) but i do love the this style here and uh yeah did you play it I didn't play, but I watched um, quite a few videos of it. Mm. And from my perspective, it looks, you know, the the previous one looked like one of those kind of like a a fucked up version or no, a more fucked up version of, uh, let's say, Limbo. Mm, And, uh, you know, it it looked really interesting, but not, but also it's not 100% my type of game. So it, it wasn't interesting enough that it, pushed me over the edge to buy it i it was like enough to watch a, a let's play yeah. um and i could tell that it was good you know art design and all but like little nightmares 2 with all the the new things that they do with the with the art style and with the 
you know, the, the depth with the 2.5D mm. when, like, you know, they did more with the um, backgrounds and, uh, you know, those fucked up, twitchy, weird creatures that follows you and stuff. This oh, one yeah. a lot more intriguing and a lot more creepy. So this one I'll probably buy, I think. Because, uh, did you play as the guy with the, the bag on his head in the last one? Uh no the the one with the with the yellow cape or like rain okay. jacket yeah right okay uh so yeah little nightmares uh if you like puzzle platformers and you like the horror aesthetic I think this is a, a really really good package yeah um and it's due to release uh February twenty twenty one and now we're on to number six which is Call of Duty Black Ops. Cold War. <laughs> That's a handful. Uh, yeah. To me, Black Ops 1 and 2 with Mason, Hudson, and, and uh, Woods was always the, the, the best story, I feel. Mm. The most intriguing one. And, yeah. you know, 3 took it in a different path, but 1 and 2, the story they presented there was, uh, you know, I, I really like that. I really like the characters and the more fucked up kind of. Oh yeah, and it carries over from World of War too with uh, with Retsnov. and you know, it was just something about they they did so much more with the story there. Like I, of course, I love Soap and Price and those two, but the story here I feel like is a, a more epic, compelling package. And the same comes with if they if they kind of bring that level, uh, what they did for Modern Warfare, if they can bring that same uh, level of quality to the new black ops like i don't really care yeah. about the multiplayer yet at this point even just the single player in itself is like I'm, I'm all for it i'm really down yeah and yeah it feels like the single player is a big focus in this game and they yeah. kind of talked a lot about the cold war aesthetic uh, or setting rather yeah. and uh and uh like the um the kind of vision for the game and how they were inspired by the previous black ops but also tried to innovate a little bit, you know, and yeah. be be kind of a little bit more daring than the standard COD uh, line of games. Uh, try to experiment a little bit more, which has been like the hallmark of the Black Ops series. Um, you know, to, to rather good reception, I think. Uh, and I always liked Black Ops, the uh, single player like you or the campaigns um, more than the standard cod series yeah um and this setting has the potential to be really really cool with the like late 80s or 80s um i just love that <laughs> you know the i love all the the weapons and the gear from that time and the you know planes and technology and yeah fascinating military epoch yeah uh, all the all the experimental gear uh, resulting from the arms race and all that Mm -hmm. And you yeah. feel like there's nothing like the United States can't do, you know, the, and you never know what the Russians kind of have in their maniacal uh, pockets. Yeah. So this one, this one has potential. I'm pretty hyped for yeah. it. And we'll see how the multiplayer turns out. Like, um, you know, because Modern Warfare, the multiplayer there is arguably the best in a long time. Uh, oh, yeah. Feel. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't expect this one to be maybe as good. But if it's something similar, then yeah, I'll I'll play it a lot. I, I always do. I'm a COD slave, <laughs> sadly. 
but um the single player here i'm also pretty hyped for so yeah. oh yeah the single player is going to be really good i think that if i buy this game it's going to be primarily for the single player not for the multiplayer yeah uh, because that that standard kind of fps multiplayer i did i just don't have the time to do it or it's a really easy to get into kind of game format but I just don't enjoy it anymore as much as I did. Yeah. You know, when I was younger. We we kind of played it out, you know, played it to death, that type of FPS shooter multiplayer. Yeah, I, I think uh Modern Warfare brought me back with the with the gunsmith and the level of customization yeah. and stuff uh, that really did a lot. Yeah, that's right. So like they have to kind of make uh make it interesting. Yeah. Right. They have to innovate enough so that it's like interesting. And it's not the same old, same old COD multiplayer. Okay. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. I, I, I'll be optimistic for this one for once. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. But we put it high, so we better be, we better be optimistic. Mm. Okay. Moving on up the list, it is number five, and here we find Star Wars Squadrons. Yes, sir. <laughs> And uh, as you probably know, this is like the, the next big yay Star Wars game. Uh, it is a space combat game, and it's kind of like a mix between a uh, class-based FPS and, a, and like a space combat game. <laughs> because yeah. you have classes and you pick, it's like... Uh, Loadouts and stuff? Yeah, two, yeah there, there are two like... Uh, multiplayer modes and one single player. I don't know if it's, it's a story. Yeah, it's a story. And then you have like 10 player dog fights and yeah. fleet battles that are similar to dog uh, dog fights, but uh, they they kind of have the goal to destroy the enemy's capital ship, I guess. Yeah. And probably some some kind of sub objectives also. But what we got to see at the Gamescom trailer was primarily focusing the on the campaign, the story. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of that, though? I think that was it. Looked really good. I'm kind of positively surprised because we were not. We were kind of up in the air about how much they were going to focus on that. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, you know, that's not how you make money <laughs> yeah. in the modern gaming world. It's the multiplayer and it's the player engagement. Uh, but you know, us old timers, we love us a good single player, you know, yeah. campaign. Um, as far as I understood about this game too, it's not going to be full price, no. so it's kind of like a a smaller title. But it looks really cool, and I like how they have the immersive mode going for them uh, with mm, the cockpit yeah. and everything. You can, if you want to, you can do everything. VR, yeah, VR, yeah, VR is one thing, and then the other thing is that like how you can just remove the HUD elements and just have use the actual yeah like that yeah yeah <laughs> just uh, look at the instruments and stuff yeah, yeah which i think i think that part is really cool and it looks like one of those games where it's probably not so hard to get into but really hard to master but when once you master it you can do some really cool shit some of it was showcased in the trailer as well with the campaign like when you saw the special especially the imperial tie fighter pilot how he would just like escort a shuttle he just did a 180 to engage the coming fighter pilots and then how he like they they did all these kind of smooth maneuvers to make it look cool and all that, and I'm sure the elite players of this are gonna pull that off, you know, on the fly yeah. in game, and it's gonna be hella good to look at. The story also looked to bring in Hera Syndulla, a great character from mm -hmm. the Star Wars Rebels series. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I, I mean, the, yeah, it it does have a lot of potential. This game, number four, Dragon Age Four. Huh? You see what I did there? Yeah, mm-hmm. we we've been, we we ain't amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> this is the pro list right here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, who else would think of this, huh? No, but in all honesty, Dragon Age Four is a little bit of a wild card. Uh, it has the potential to be fucking amazing. Because Mass Effect, the the first trilogy was amazing uh, with some controversy towards the end. Dragon Age 1, like Origins, I enjoyed that to death. Dragon Age 2 was, this is, it was okay. It wasn't too bad, but like compared to Origins, it wasn't, you know, all that. But Inquisition was pretty amazing. It was kind of like a return to form. However, Bioware has not been the same uh, lately. They've uh, shifted out like a large part of the team and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Andromeda was a big fuck up soulless fuck up mm, and mm, i just i feel yeah. like they still have a lot to prove still um oh, yeah. to, to prove that they can still deliver that bioware magic that we experience in their heyday um and if they do dragon age 4 is like a great platform to do so they can do amazing stuff with it uh but you know i i'm, I'm still cautious that they might make another my face is tired kind of yeah. fuck up so <laughs> yeah i mean uh, one would think that they learned from that giant fucking mistake i mean that's not cheap yeah at all to make such a blunder the the potential of dragon age 4 is sky high yeah but we're still not sure if uh if we're back to form with this one so, so we'll just have to wait and see. But do you? What did you get? What What's your impressions from from like the trailer? It's kind of hard to say. I I thought that some of the things they showed off looked pretty promising, especially in terms of like scale, because the and and art design looked promising. You know, there's a lot of cool concept art, and I'm sure that it's gonna look amazing. You know, graphically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I. They also showed off Solus, which was a pretty interesting character from Inquisition. So, you know, this is going to be a continuation of uh, Inquisition. Or, like, you know, it's mm. going to be a direct follower to that, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. And that, that's cool. So that means that they, you know, they're staying close to the to the narrative, hopefully. Um, it looks more on the promising side than it does on the cautious, be cautious side, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think so too. I mean, uh, it's like uh, it just feels like it's got so much potential to do right. So yep. just gotta hope for this one. I only played the first Dragon Age, and I, I kind of followed the others on YouTube. I only got the good. Yeah, good you part. did. Well, I, I'd still say, considering you can get Inquisition for like, if it's on sale, it's like five dollars now. It's still yeah, that's very worth uh, picking up. But this is def- probably gonna be a purchase for me. Mm. I'll consider it. If if it looks good, I'll I'll buy it. Do you have anything more on that? Or no, maybe? I think uh, we're ready to move on to the amazing oh, top three. <laughs> okay, we're into the top three, guys. Number three. It is 8-Bit Adventures 2. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is probably a surprise if... Uh, anyone has uh, watched the lineup um <laughs> but uh, we just uh, when we saw 8-bit advent i mean 8-bit the series 
there are a lot of 8-bit games that are called 8-bit like heroes and armies and stuff like that yeah but uh this is a classical nes uh, style jrpg which is like <laughs> right up my alley yeah um, and right up steph's alley too oh, so yes. uh but this i mean the the first uh, 8-bit adventures was not it i mean it looked good don't don't uh get me wrong on this one but but this one does just looks so polished and so just mixes it up with a very very nice uh, type of balance i think yeah of both uh, new and old mm -hmm. and so... it, it uh, kind of borrows from more modern rpgs like uh, it looks like it has the final fantasy 10 style kind of cue on on the right side uh in in battle mode where you can see the the turn so yeah. you can kind of plan ahead and and see if, whether or not you're going to be able to heal or you know uh get a buff in before some certain attack right and i yeah i just love that mix that they've done here and the execution looks to be at least really really nice and the the sprite work is mm -hmm. a piece to behold though um yeah. because like one thing is the the very nes style uh you know world map and like the main characters and all that but then once you get into battle you know the enemies and the backgrounds and everything it's so it looks really nice. It's really beautiful. Mm. And it looks like it yeah. has a lot of cinematic elements to it too, which is kind of like, I guess, the, the modern um, influence. Flare of it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like, and the first 8-bit armies was like, that was kind of true to to uh, the NES, you know? That was like yeah. an NES game. But this is more like an NES game spruced up with some super nintendo sprite work and like uh, with a modern inspiration yeah uh, even a bit beyond super nintendo i feel at sometimes you know but still getting still kind of keeping the aesthetic so it's like you're it's like a child's 8-bit fantasy yeah yeah <laughs> of it, what it a is. game could be like uh, back in the day oh man the, so, uh, oh, imagine tapping into that stuff and like i mean the developers described it as everything you love about nes snes and ps1 era jrpgs with all of the charm heart and soul but none of the inconvenience and i couldn't agree more that's exactly the impression i got from it yeah and uh that just that just hypes me so much i mean uh, <laughs> and it's not it's not even um i think it's uh not it's gonna release in 2020 so it's not that far away the demo is out the demo is out and uh yeah just recording <laughs> yeah <laughs> everybody listening just go download the demo okay and it support seems the developers yeah support the developers please um and it, it's also said you know it, it, it rewards a lot of um exploration it seems and it has like very deep party customization i love that mm. um yeah just this uh i expect also the story to be the the cliche kind of uh jrpg chosen ones kind of yeah um, but if they execute it right i mean 
I think that a lot of, not to get your hopes up too much, but I mean, a lot of modern, uh, well-executed JRPGs have like a, uh, a, they kind of try to stray a little bit from that true and tried formula on yeah. the, with regards to the story. And sometimes that doesn't work at all, but sometimes it really, really gets like the characters to feel even more fleshed out and even more kind of real. Absolutely. And um, I think this is the type of game where I, when I say it's uh, the typical kind of JRPG story, I don't mean it in a bad way. It's kind of like part mm -hmm. of the charm as well. It is part of the charm. It's uh, one of the few cases where it, that is the case, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, I think that they've also probably put a lot of effort into doing what you say, you know, break from the mold as well in some ways and bring some modern storytelling qualities to it. So I think that but j just, the, just the fact that you traverse by airship, huh? Mm. How cozy and nostalgic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and kind of like all the different environments. I see that they're, they've are they been creative with uh, different towns and aesthetics. Like, uh, it's not all generic. Yeah. And that one image, did you see that with uh, the airship kind of floating above the, with the floating island in the yeah. background? Oh, my. Yeah, that's just so <laughs> funny. That's 10 out of 10. But it still only gets number three, so... That should uh, say that something about the remaining yeah. two. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, do you want to take it away? Number two is none other than Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. The VR mm -hmm. hopeful return to form for the Medal of Honor series, and I couldn't be happier. And I couldn't mm. be any more tempted to buy a VR... <laughs> <laughs> no, and like me and Steph discussed before we went on air, uh, this, I mean, the, the 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 constant temptation to buy a VR headset is like something you always have to <laughs> fight these days because <laughs> yeah. there are like a lot of promising VR titles and it's just, they just keep coming. So maybe we should cave. <laughs> But still, it's so expensive. Yeah, it is. And that's the sucky part of it, because, like, yeah, I, I guess for if you want, like, a decent VR set and, like, those motion controllers, you need to at least fork out, like, what, $300? Maybe 400 Yeah. And uh, that's yeah. still, you know, it, I, I don't think there's enough games yet, but this one, this one is pushing me far towards the edge, because, like, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's developed by, among others, Respawn. And Respawn Entertainment has a great portfolio of games because, you know, they have Titanfall 1 and 2, mm. um, which, I mean, though they didn't receive as much commercial attention and success, well, I, I guess they were successful. But Titanfall 2, when it was released, was largely just the, disappeared. And the thing is, it has one of the best, smoothest um, gameplay mechanics, like shooting mechanics ever. It, like, it feels amazing to play. Mm. And, you know, so they, they really know how to nail gameplay. And then they also made, of course, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which has amazing potential. So, I mean, the, the fact that they're making a VR game about Medal of Honor, they're bringing back to World War II, you know, the, the soundtrack is back, the feeling is back of like that, doing all that undercover stuff uh, on one mm. side. Then also you have you take part in the giant like classic historic battles and, 
It, lo it looks mechanically amazing too, like how they reload the guns and like how the how the shooting works. And you know, yeah, I, I'm just so hyped for this. This is like, yeah, <laughs> it is a system seller for like all of the VR headsets. I think. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, the 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 setting is perfect. The technology seems to be there. You know, it, it does. seems to kind of blend well, and that's kind of what we've been waiting for a little bit at least because the technology has been certainly at a like a, an acceptable point now for a long time but yeah. st you still have like the, the small kind of gripes here and there uh and like the vr is first and foremost an immersion technology you know you yeah. need to that that's what they it's for you need to feel that this is not um you know, this is smooth. This is implemented well. You need to feel that and, and not be obstructed by small, janky uh, things here and there. And I feel that this game really, really looks like it can do it all, you know, be Absolutely. a AAA game yeah. and still be a VR game, you know, and not be too uh, kind of restrictive because it's VR. Yeah, and uh, feel like a full-fledged game, and also be augmented by VR. You know, that yeah, that, that's absolutely what I'm hoping for, and uh, it, that's what it it's, looks like it's shaping up to be as well. So, I mean, we've seen some amazing uh, titles for VR lately, such as Half-Life Alex, and yeah. um, even so back is like one of those games that really got my attention for VR. It's like the sword and the blade and sorcery. The, yeah, yeah. The, the like a melee game in VR as well. It's just like I'm I'm all for it. And you know these things, it's steadily bringing out more. And when I saw the Star Wars Squadrons uh, has VR as well, like flight flight games in general looks amazing in VR. Horror games yeah. are like. I can't wait to play a horror game in VR because I have still yet to test a new VR system. But I think that there are some games, game types that really benefit from VR. And, uh, mm. you know, I'm, I'm just moving further and further towards caving. Yeah. So, and it kind of looks like the developers are sorting it out, you know? Yeah. Picking the right genres and, and kind of matching the technology to the right type of game. Absolutely, and uh, it's it's an exciting future, uh, and because I think it's still regarded a little bit as sort of like a gimmick, mm. uh, but I, I but it has the potential to be more than that, you know. Yeah, very much. I, I remember when kind of Oculus and all these uh, headset makers really got some traction, you know, and yeah. the hype for VR was really really high at that point, and I it, it has died off a bit. But some people were very skeptical and thought that it would kind of really just die off and uh, be commercial failures. But it hasn't been like that. It's still, it's. It, I feel that the second wave is coming now. And I mean, if we can kind of uh, walk this road long enough, I feel that the economic incentive for making newer and better VR headsets, it's going to be there and we're going to get the technology to be insane and then it's going to be like no match everybody's going to do it i feel yeah um i i agree on that and just just firing all that 
classic World War II weaponry in VR. You know, mm. the Tommy gun and the, the, the BAR and the Garand, all that shit. I'm, I'm all for it. Oh, Medal yeah. of Honor, please, please blow me away. <laughs> yes. Okay. And now. <laughs> the, the <most> number one. <laughs> the, mo the most objective number one pick. It is Warhammer Age of Sigmar Stormground. <laughs> I mean, th that is the most subjective pick. I feel like that's like that was a no one else's number one <laughs> except us. No, um, uh, I, I mean, you can't you can't pick any other <laughs> game as number one. It's it's fucking Warhammer. Oh my! I mean, what more can you what more can you demand from a simple human being? <laughs> <laughs> we exist to serve. And we do exist as a most beneficent one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're huge Warhammer fans here, especially 40k, I guess. But you know, any fantasy as well. I yeah, mean, 40k is uh, we're we're biased towards 40k, but still, fantasy is really, really uh, within the realm of excellence. Yeah, know. and any Warhammer title that brings brings the big guns, I'm all for because it's a universe. Both fantasy and 40k has so much potential. There's so mm. much you can do with it, and the more oh, yeah. you know, kind of like ex exposition exposure it gets, the better it is. So yeah, that's my exact feeling. I mean, I I get a little bit giddy when I say when I see a, a good game being developed within the franchise. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, this this is good. This is gonna propel <laughs> the the brand, and uh, yeah, that's um, that's not something I do for other uh, IPs. Yeah, I feel <laughs> this is a, but I mean, you, I haven't delved too much into Age of Sigmar, so do you want to like? Uh, but I know you have, right? You have some. You have. Some I have some knowledge. Yeah. So yeah. Like... So so I do not know that much about Age of Sigmar, other than that when it was introduced, uh, the board or game Age of Sigmar, it was a big upset, and people were not too happy because um, Age of Sigmar is basically what happens after the end times of the Warhammer Fantasy universe. Right. So like the world is basically doomed and fucked and yeah and so this game uh portrays and uh, sigmar basically just ports everybody up to his kind of heaven <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah and then it's like the the yeah it's a very convoluted setting but, but this but sigmar seems... sigmar is the emperor for the empire faction right the humans yeah he's basically like a god yeah. Uh, so in, in regular fantasy, Sigmar is long gone, but it, yeah, he was the, the absolute kind of, yeah, God emperor. <laughs> Let's yeah. just put it like that. And, um, but, uh, then during the end, end times he comes back and there's like a lot of shiz that happens, but uh, this game is, seems to be set in, uh, like age of Sigmar and that, uh, the, the Sigmarines or <laughs> or the Stormcast <laughs> Eternals are uh, going to try to take back basically the uh, 
the land that was overflown by chaos and and dead. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's basically kind of the story as I understood it. But I I don't know too much about Age of Sigmar. I don't. I, I'm you know more the old world uh, type of guy. Yeah. I think for my case, I'm I, I I know very little about Age of Sigmar, so I'm pretty stoked to um, get to delve into this universe in a game because it says that it's a strategic strategy, like turn based. Um, yeah. And I'm all for that. You know, that's that's right up my alley right there. Um, so you know, I, I think that's a great way, at least for me, uh, that's uh, an ideal way to get into this universe and get hyped for it. Yeah, and I mean, Warhammer fantasy—it just has so much lore, man. Yeah, you need to you need to dive into the lore uh, if you wanna if you wanna kind of something to um, to fall asleep to. That's perfect. Just yeah. like find some YouTube guy, lore master of Sotek or something, and just listen to like <laughs> hours of lore from fantasy. It's 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 glorious. Yeah, according to IGN as well, it says like this strategy game, like Age of Sigmar, uh, Stormground, could be a part of Games Workshop's push for more AAA Warhammer games, and I am so for that because <laughs> you see i feel like the the potential for for yeah. more, uh, warhammer games the license there it's essentially limitless because there's so many epic stories in there um and while age of sigmar probably is my first choice but you know like in fantasy and especially in 40k there's just there's like thousands of stories and like thousands of battles that all are fucking super epic Kind of like we talked about the uh, we talked about the Warhammer 40k Space Marine game that yeah. being elaborated on and uh, there being like a sequel to that game because we felt that that game has so much potential but it's yeah, yeah. like a little bit it's a little bit under delivering uh, it's a good game absolutely a good game but and on in some areas it's excellent. Uh, like how it, re it it captures the 40k kind of feel, you know, how a, a space marine should feel heavy, you know, bulky, very, very masculine, very violent and raw. Um, but also we've, you know, talked about some of the shortcomings that the enemy variety is kind of lacking. It's only orcs and some chaos space marines and some demons. Yeah. And it's only uh, one, it's only one planet and it's just, the the story is just like in in terms of the scale of the, the of the universe, it's it's very small. It's like very insignificant. So yeah, I, I it was a it was a it was a nice starting platform, you know, like you said, yeah. But um, they could have done so much more with it, and a sequel to that is one thing. But you oh, know, yeah. if they, it's like the our dream game, <laughs> essentially being like you just take whatever Space Marine brought to the table, you perfect that kind of gameplay, you add. A ton more customization and depth to the combat and everything and like for the armors and and everything and you set it in the horse heresy or in one of the black crusades or one of those like massive fucking happenings in the 40k universe mm -hmm. and you just like roll with it and like you get for horse heresy the story is laid out it's an it's an epic space opera it's like almost it's pretty much finished it's the potential yeah. for many many games 
and yeah, there's so yeah. many characters, think, so many viewpoints, you know. Yeah. You just I think that's perfect. You just start with one game and you kind of make a billion DLCs. <laughs> <laughs> you want to make money, that's how you make money. Yeah, but I I have a feeling that they're gonna fuck it up with live them. service bullshit, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I, I would rather let's say you have one game, a massive game that kind of encompasses Horus's fall to chaos. So it starts with like the prologue being like, let's say it's it's from uh, certain like, like different uh, viewpoints. Like uh, like let's say you start with one of the sons of Horus or like the Luna Bulls, like let's say Loken. Yeah. Loken or or Horus Aximand or something, and then you you kind of follow Horus throughout thick and thin, and then yeah, you but meet I think up that, with Garrow and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that in like in an ideal game, you should be like just a regular Space Marine, uh, and then you can kind of move up the ranks. Oh yeah, sure. Know, and just observe Loken and little Horus, and you know, just look at the. Uh, kind of just be in awe of these heroes you know yeah. of the legion and then yeah. maybe after like a time you can also attain a rank that are like you're maybe become a captain or something yeah the only other thing that i'm thinking about that is like you're gonna change canon because you have to be there <laughs> yeah well in like that's... The, the epic scenarios I, I think that's one thing but then the other thing is that is it gonna feel like you are just watching this story unfold, or does it feel like you are actually that your actions matter? Yeah. So yeah, maybe you should be like one of the heroes, but then you can't kind of be, move freely, you know. Then you have to be bound to the the actual story. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think. Well, this is for the developers to think of, but uh, <laughs> we're know, already disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, either one of those I think could be really good. Um, yeah, and uh, just moving up as well, I'm, I'm still pretty, pretty on for that. But like, I'm just afraid that it would be something like, let's say, Borderlands Three, where it felt like your character, yeah, you killed the bosses, but in terms of the story, you you almost didn't say anything, you didn't do anything in the cinematics, you. We're always suspended or something, and watching the other main characters do something. So, yeah. Um, if they can manage to I, at least have your custom character do like a lot of epic shit that are like concurrent, then I'm mm. all for it. Um, yeah. So that would be pretty cool. So uh, you know, and you can just like the first game could start with Olinor, and then you it could end with. Um, when Horus like really takes the plunge, like when Galaxy in Flames finishes, you know, like that first yeah. trilogy would be fucking amazing. That would be insane. So I think it was THQ, right, that published the the original Space Marine game and Sega, yeah, yeah. which bought uh, THQ. Yes. And of course, THQ went bankrupt, sold a lot of their licenses. They're back up now, I think. But then, you know, Space Marine, I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know what's happened to that license. But um, it seems that Games Workshop is really pushing for AAA Warhammer video games, right? Uh, and yeah, I do think it's a matter of time before we see a more massive scale kind of uh, a proper fucking badass Space Marine game. And, you know, it would be cool if they also, like, if they want to show, like, diversity, like, these kind of things. Um, there's 
so many badass female characters in the Warm universe as well. So it's like, take oh, your yeah. pick. You have everything represented there. Mm-hmm. Adeptus Sororitas, Silent Sisters. Yeah. I mean, the Silent Sister, they are fucking machines. You know? <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> fucking fighting, you know, psychers and chaos demons yeah. and all that jazz. The worst enemies in the galaxy they are fighting. There's a potential for a lot of things. So get on it, Games Workshop. Oh, yeah. Fix Please your games. Please make it. And that has been our objective top 10 list from Gamescom 2020. Yeah. And uh, remember what happens. If uh, if you disagree with this list publicly, turn the, your world turns into Rift Apart. Yeah. And um, as to not dry out, stay humid. Stay dank.